On today's episode of Shooting the Breeze, we discuss the recent wet weather, some of the severe weather, and some of the changes that are to come as we head into November and eventually winter. So sit back, relax, and let's shoot the breeze with your local weather authority. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, whenever time you're listening to this podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm your local weather authority, Chief Meteorologist Chris Yates, joined by Meteorologist Molly Naisland. I'm also Chief Meteorologist Chris Yates today. Today on on Halloween, yes. (laughs) Adam Sherwinski, Meteorologist, how are you, sir? Back from vacation, so. How was it? You have fun? Uh, You know, I got to do a lot of things uh, back home. Uh, A lot of things were work uh, personal work related so like you know cleaning some stuff out going through old stuff um so i stopped at mom and dad's because they were the launching point for the blackhawks game i went to on uh thursday last not last this past thursday but the thursday before um and so i was there and while i was there of course mom put me to work so oh yeah Uh, yeah of course i also got to see some friends i hadn't seen in a while watch some basketball kind of just chill out so it was a combination of going somewhere but also yeah that didn't get a as much as I wanted done, but it was a nice to get a break from here. I mean, as much as I like you guys. We don't we... like you, so that's fine. Oh, wow. <laughs> you see that? Oh. She doesn't speak for me. Yeah, I know she doesn't speak for you. She doesn't speak for me. Well, does wait. I'm dressed up as you today. Does that mean that I do speak for you, or? <laughs> <laughs> what are the rules of Halloween? That's a little weird. You're getting weird now. You're getting, it's like the Twilight Zone. I, no. I don't know if anyone can tell. Uh, yes, I dressed up as Chief Meteorologist Chris Yates on uh, Good Day Central Illinois this morning. And I'm super geeked about it. Be- Uh, I do want everyone to know that uh, Adam Sherwinski let me borrow one of his ties for the outfit. One of my favorite ties, too. It was way too big on me, yeah, which kind of guy. made the whole thing come together. <laughs> 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 I don't know why. That was just like the cherry on top. I think what I like is that they put a question mark next to Chief Meteorologist Chris Yates? It just said, <laughs> hey, I, I had a lower third this morning that said Chris Yates? Question mark? Question mark? Yeah, like, yeah 100%. That's me. Well, um, it's been an active uh, last couple of weeks in October. It started off, the month was very, very warm. Uh, we had some rain earlier. I mean, actually, the month has actually been quite wet, um, but we were very, very warm in September and stuff. So, um, But we'll get into that. Uh, let's start with meteorologist Adam Sherwinski. And on this day in history. history. So this day in weather history is the Facebook page. I always give them a shout-out because they have great content from all over the place, all the way from the other side of the globe to right here at home, too. So October 28th, 2020. 
Hurricane Zeta made landfall in Louisiana as uh, Category 3. The storm was the sixth hurricane to make landfall in the U.S. during 2020. It was the second major hurricane to impact the state in two months and also was the first hurricane since Sandy to produce accumulating snow in the United States, or the CONUS area, so continental United States. Zeta caused $3.9 billion in damage and killed six people. Let's go further back in time. October 26, 1996. Thunderstorms produced 26 tornadoes, three in Nebraska, nine in northeastern South Dakota, and 14 across west central and central Minnesota. Five of these were rated F2, and while no fatalities resulted, 15 people were hurt. October 23rd, 1920, this is a famous person. It's a birthday in meteorology. We have Ted Fujita was born in, I can't say the city, Kita, so apologize, Kitakushi, I cannot spell it, but it's in Japan. Molly's gonna have, have me pronounce it. She's gonna she's gonna pronounce it for me. Um, it's a little hard, isn't it? Kitayukshu. Japan. Don't hand me the phone. I ain't gonna get it. He's my birthday buddy. Ted Fujita. He created the uh, Fujita scale or the F scale that we use, and now has been enhanced to the EF scale. Fun fact on Ted Fujita. Yes. You know he didn't see his first tornado until like the late seventies or the early, in the seventies, and it was a landspout tornado east of Denver. Just a Somebody who knew so much about them had never actually seen one, but he n- nailed how they operate before ever seeing it. It's just, sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. We all are <laughs> Fujita fans here. He also discovered microbursts, uh, another weather phenomenon we are all familiar with, but at that time wasn't. And also talked about how uh, the density or the density and the uh, intensity of on structures and vegetation impacts the F scale. So a big name in meteorology here. And finally, October 22nd, 2012, Tropical Depression 18, yes, 18, formed in the Caribbean Sea, south of Jamaica. It would later intensify and become Hurricane Sandy. So that's what we've got. A lot of action going on in October. October's a fun month, but I thought I'd throw that birthday in there because it was all that. And since October was a couple, uh, it's a fun month for that. Um, and I think they had a documentary a little while ago about him that I forgot to see on PBS. They did PBS. If you can look it up and find it, PBS did a really good documentary on Ted Vigil. Yeah, I love PBS documentaries. I think he worked was at the University of Chicago. University of Chicago. Yep. Yeah, he he did some stuff. He did a lot of good. A lot of his research was done there. So it, some some Illinois ties. Um, so. October's been a wet month. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Um, it started off wet, right? I mean, the first, if I'm not mistaken, I think 12 of the first 16 days we measured, we had measurable precip mm-hmm. in central Illinois. And then it, it's like come to a head, right, in the last week or so. Um, Sunday into Monday of last, uh, of this week, rather. Yes. Uh, we picked up over four inches of rain in that in a two-day time frame there which is why i stayed an extra day at mom and dad's uh, (laughs) i didn't feel like driving through all that rain and on my way back actually monday morning i ran into a road that was covered in water and had to call it in like hey uh nws chicago there is a uh there's some water on the road and i had to get (laughs) they're like where i was like uh kane county uh not too far and i couldn't name the town they were trying to figure out the town name but i gave them the road directions on where they're at but uh that was not the only spot. Lots of fields yeah. flooded. Thank goodness some of those fields had the corn already pulled up. But there's a lot of spots in northeastern Illinois that they still have a lot of corn up there, too. And this is not going to help the farmers at all. Pick those beans for sure. And we still got a lot of beans in central Illinois. No. So a lot of flooding. We had a lot of flash flooding. Um, we also had a few kind of a few severe storms. We'll get more on that in just a moment. 
Um, but uh, we set a daily rainfall record on October 24th that uh, in Peoria, and I think a lot of places did that day. Uh, daily rainfall records, I tend to not make a big deal out of it because, I mean, not you know, not like you're getting rain on that day every single year. So mm-hmm. their daily rainfall records are a little easier to topple, but this one's going to be hard because it was nearly four inches in one day. Wow. And so uh, that's kind of notable. And it, it put uh, central Illinois over eight inches for the month of October, or at least Peoria over eight inches of rain for the month of October. And that made it uh, so far the second wettest October on record. Now, we are getting more rain as we speak. Um, we have picked up roughly an inch and a quarter as of this recording. It's probably going to be close to an inch and a half. Um, now, the all-time record goes back to 1941, which was about just over 10 and a half inches of rain. So we're not going to hit that record because we're I, we're not going to. We need would need to pick up an additional inch on top of whatever we've got. Yeah. Got after what we're receiving on this as of this recording on 10:29. And we're, we're not going to pick up that much rain. Speaking no. of 1029, tomorrow for the central part of Illinois is the beginning of duck season, too. And I was talking to one of our, uh, Grandy, one of our, uh, uh, what was her position? Engineer. Engineer. I didn't know, I don't know if they're. What, engineer. The, engineer. Uh, one of our engineers. And she mentioned that uh, some of the duck hunters have uh, had to take their blinds out. Their blinds were flooded. Their blinds were flooded. Yeah. And then they have to go boat, boating this weekend mm-hmm. for it. So that's interesting to th- think that uh, they're all set up ready to go for duck season and uh no, spoiler alert just river's rising yep so for those duck hunters out there just wanted to throw that out there uh, hey tomorrow's duck hunting season and you're gonna have to make some plans according to that yeah, especially you might along to. the river yeah watch that foul language <laughs> chris it's not the end of the podcast other chris gave me the death stare across the table <laughs> other chris chris and chris <laughs> I, I, That's a mm. podcast right there. Other. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so a lot of rain. It's been a very, very wet October. Mm-hmm. Uh, things are probably going to start drying out as we head into November, but we did have some late uh, season severe weather. This is that. This is what I like to call our second season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see we start to see an uh, uptick in severe activity as we as the jet stream kind of drops back down south uh, for the winter. Um, but we did have some severe storms. We had a few uh, tornadoes, uh, some pretty significant ones, if I'm not mistaken, south of St. Louis and into southern Illinois on Sunday evening. Uh, there were some tornado warnings issued for areas closer to I-72 again. Uh, again, a part of Illinois this year that has been just They've been getting a good steamrolled. chunk of it. Yeah. <laughs> They've getting a good chunk of it. Uh, we've been, as far as our severe weather in our DMA and our viewing area has, you know, we've had a lot of severe stuff, warnings, but I would say it's probably been a little below average for our local area. What day was that that we all worked? It was Monday. Yeah. Was it not last Monday, but the Monday before? Yeah, two yeah. Mondays ago. Two Mondays ago. That, I feel like, has been one of the more active days. That, that was one had. of the more active ones. And then we had a... Especially in our DMA. Oh, yeah. And then we had, there was a weekend where we had um, a number of tornado warnings in McLean County. And, yeah. In that area. that, was, that, that was, was the one where you were already on air and I was ready to come. Get, yeah, come that in. was an, it was an earlier event. Yep, that yep. was an so early that, morning yeah. event started that way. That, those, uh, those are probably the two active more mm-hmm. days. And that was part of that stretch where McLean County had a lot of flooding. Uh, yeah, because so. I think the night before they had the flash yep. flooding and then the next day we had severe weather again. Severe weather and then they had more flooding. That so was a summer. Wow. That was a one-two punch. But those have been probably the most active days. Um, this last one that came through Monday – even though we didn't have a lot of severe warnings, we still had a good deal of wind damage, even yeah. up north where there weren't any warnings issued. And it, a lot of it, we had a lot of microburst. And and we had a lot of rotation warnings, not official. 
We yeah. had a lot of tornado warnings and not a lot of official touchdowns within them, but there was a lot of tornado warnings with the on that, the, that, that one on one, Monday. Yeah. 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 Um, the most recent event here that we had this week, um, worst of it stayed south, but we still had some damage throughout parts of central Illinois, a lot of microbursts. We had a lot of heavier rain reports. And then, of course, you know, you pick up four inches of, of rainfall. Any type of wind at that point is going to start toppling shallow-rooted trees. And so we had a lot of reports of uh, in McLean County of trees down, full healthy trees just being blown down. And that, that wouldn't have happened unless we didn't have the rain ahead of it. Um, so that that was part of it, but that that was a little tricky because it was you know, it was all microburst. It wasn't like your typical straight line. Yeah, winds coming in, well, and you even had a couple branches here and there. I mean, I, I was up in Northwest Indiana at the time, and we didn't have any severe alerts, but mm-hmm. the wind picked up a decent amount. Yep. When I was driving, I mean, I was getting blown a little bit in the car, and I was like, "This is still sub severe," but yeah, it was hard to drive back from Portillo's. Yep. <laughs> it's it's uh, picking up dinner. It was a shallow layer of warm air aloft, so as soon as the if the if the rain can punch through that which i mean the rain will come down but if that momentum of the, if it can carry the stronger winds down to the surface then it's kind of like all bets are off and, and you're going to end up with some local very localized damage which is kind of what it was uh last weekend and uh but yeah uh, so far uh still no widespread frost i think we got a little close uh on the 26th mm-hmm. of october it's chilly it was a little chilly. We had up yeah. Peoria hit 37. I know I saw some frost on uh, some of the roofs in my neighborhood in Washington. Didn't notice any that morning on the grass or anything. But uh, um, I had to wear sweatpants to work that morning. A little chilly. Yeah. It uh, looks like we could be getting our first freeze oh. or possible next week. If not, it will be a frost. Yeah. There's me who's like, all right, and then there's Molly, oh, no, defeated, <laughs> broken. Yeah. But we are about three weeks behind schedule. Yeah. So it's, I noticed um, that. Well, we started our, We started off pretty warm here in October. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was yeah. it? You and I, like, last, I think the last podcast, we talked about how uh, we hadn't gotten below 60 at one point uh, during yeah. the beginning of October, and now it's like 60s are average high. Yep. We have cooled and flipped the script, and now we're expected to be below average through at least the first week and yeah. a half of, remember, of November. Remember uh, at the beginning of the month where we were like, oh, October is that time of the month where we go through that really big temperature change, like daily yep. temperature changes over the month. Hey, now we're at the back half of the month where we've done that temperature change, Yep. and we're still going to have to do a little bit of wibble wobbling through November. And November is actually even is even worse if I'm not mistaken. I believe yeah. November has the I'm looking it up now exactly what that is, but November has the biggest um has the biggest monthly change. Uh, let me pull up the data. Makes sense. October is a big one, but November is the big just the, the so big yeah. no. So November's um average high temperature is 58 degrees on November 1st. And it goes down to 44 degrees oh by my. November 30th. Oh my! So, um, yeah, it's a it's 14 degrees. Isn't it's it? a big. Yep, you're you're going about uh, you're going about a half a degree a day. A deg- yeah. So, big changes. November. So this is always a fun. This is a fun time of year. Yeah. I mean, I like Thanksgiving, so I'm looking forward. Well, to Well, now so. I have a question because this was a question on the morning show. Have we turned our heat on yet? My e- house, yes. Yes, but only once. Actually, I've, I've, <laughs> but but to, to but but in my defense, I was also one of those days where I just got out of the shower, and you know when you got out of the shower, you're still you get pretty cold when you're out getting stepping out. So I had to go turn the heat on. Then after like five minutes, I was like, never mind, let's go back to AC again. I I refuse. 
Are I you going to be the person who waits till December to do it? I Well, it honestly, when it starts getting to be like the 40s in the morning or during the day more consistently, it'll probably end up getting turned on. My AC has not come on in weeks, and I refuse to switch over to my heat. Oh, my AC's the always on. The person who says that they're cold all the time <laughs> yeah, refuses to turn their heat on. We're still getting used to our new house, so we're trying to figure out. That's why we kicked it on. and It is uh, a bigger space. Yeah, Make sure you check your heat, too. I mean, maybe kick it on and make sure everything's in working order before yeah. it actually gets cold. I, you get that smell when you haven't kicked it on in a while, and you're like, yeah. there it is. I, yeah. I usually wait for a nice day because then I have my windows open kick the heat on so that the smell filters out and That's then close idea. the That's windows. That's a good idea. We got an opportunity this weekend. Yeah. Got an opportunity this I might, weekend. I might do it this weekend. All right. Well, uh, looking ahead, um, I know I've been asked already, how are things shaping up for uh, this upcoming winter? Yes, uh, Chris. We're so excited oh. to hear it. So I don't have my own forecast yet. Uh, just an FYI, I've still got to dig into it. I Although say, I can't imagine it's going to look a whole lot different because I, I've started. I usually start with the El Nino Southern Oscillation, which uh, Adam, before he went on vacation, had a good a good story on. Um, we are into a La Nina year, and it's a double dip La Nina, and so I'm still trying to, I'm going through and figuring out what that actually means for Central Illinois, how much of a connection there is. The problem with La Ninas is they tend to be very, very variable. And we literally, I mean, they, you can literally go from a very, very warm winter, one La Nina, to a very, very cold La Nina. I will say, during La Ninas, it is easier uh, for the atmosphere to get colder around the Midwest compared to what you would see during an El Nino year. Uh, but, again, it's hot. That is, it, in order for those really cold stretches to come in, you have to have other teleconnections that we talk about or that we're that we watch the the arctic oscillation the north atlantic oscillation all these other things uh man julian oscillation they all have to come together at certain points and interact a certain way but when they do it gets really 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 cold some of the cold real cold winters you've had or that you remember were likely during some sort of La Nina event. That uh, actually, that was what Dr. Ford said too. Is like just because it's a La Nina does not necessarily mean that this is going to exactly happen the way no. it normally does. But no. there's a lot of other factors to factor into exactly. it. Exactly, sounded really weird to say, but that's actually the one big bite. First bite I took out of that story, I was like, hey, let's all remember, folks, that just because it's a La Nina doesn't mean it's going to go off exactly as the script has said. Right. Mm-hmm. So the official NOAA forecast. Uh, for winter, which is basically December, January, and February. That's the three-month period they forecast for. Uh, locally across the Midwest, they've got above average, uh, at least a greater chance. They they don't tell you it's going to be above average. They, they break it down into probabilities. And so they're giving Central Illinois a 33 to 40% chance of above average precip. And now I, I know at home you're going, well, wait a minute. That means there's if there's a 40% chance that it's going to be above average, that means there's a 60% chance that it's not. Which, yes, but that when you break it down into the other possibilities, below normal or equal chances, those are even those take those that sixty percent is split up between the two of those. Uh, since we're probably somewhere in the thirty-five percent range of above-average temperatures, it's all going to be very similar, which means it's very variable for Central Illinois. This could go, even though they're calling for above-average temperatures, this could easily spill into a, a colder than normal winter. Uh, so, I mean, it sounds like, well, you always don't know what's going to happen. And 
there's some degree of truth to that. We don't know, not with not 100 degree certainty. Not yet. Well, to forecast for three whole months is is very possible. Yeah. These are um, they're they're typically ideal for energy companies, is what you, right. is why they mm-hmm. make these for preparation. But they're far from perfect. Um, but you're still looking at um, you know above it greater chance of above normal temperatures in say the southeast, greater chance of below normal temperatures in the northwest. So if you want it cold, go to Washington. If you want it hot, go to Florida. That's kind of the idea. Everywhere in between is kind of a fair game. Uh, and again, these uh, NOAA. I mean, these are very hard forecasts to make. Um, last year, I thought they did. I think they did okay. Pretty good job there. Um, there was one a couple of years ago that it was literally completely flipped. I mean, it's. And <laughs> I don't know any. I don't know any meteorologist who got it right. But. Um, but yeah, it's tough. Now, as far as the precip outlook goes, this one almost—if you were to copy and paste a typical La Nina precip map—yeah, this looks—it looks a lot like this. So it's dry in the south, and above average. Here you go, Molly. Thank you. <laughs> above average precip in the northwest and across the Midwest. Which is yeah. Now looking back at what the story I did last week was yes. it last week. My man, time flies when you're on vacation. Uh huh. Um. <laughs> When I was doing that story, that looks a lot like what's going to happen. In fact, um, they even, uh, what was it, uh, Dr. Ford even said, I talked to Dr. Trent Ford, the Illinois State climatologist in Champaign, and he said that usually eastern Illinois, the eastern half of central Illinois, gets it a yeah. lot more of an uh, effect from it from La Nina all the way up into the Ohio River Valley, and that's really on the Ohio and Mississippi River Valley right there. Yep, and, I mean, this is not necessarily above-average snowfall. This is just right. precepts in general. They, they don't make snowfall predictions. We do, but it's – or I do, but it's more of a – I have no – and realistically, I have no clue. I have no scientific basis for the number I put out there. It is It is. It is just a guess It's a at gut that point. feeling. I have more science. When I start making my, my precip and my temperature forecast, I have a little more science behind that to support that forecast. When it comes to a snowfall number for a three-month outlook – I'm just throwing darts at a wall. I mean, to be fair, though, there's so many variables when it comes to yes. snow. Yeah. Snow is a lot harder to mess around with than rain. So hard. You get a cold stretch, and you can end up with a dry snow that ends up piling on, <laughs> you know, a lot, several inches of snow. And snow is difficult. To, it's difficult to measure 24 that, hours in advance, let alone three months. That axis of snow moves a single mile, and you go yep. from... Temperature three, profile three changes. Three to six inches to like one and a half inches. Or rain. Or just straight rain. Yeah, just yeah. straight rain. We have to do a podcast on the on the on all the variables that look factor at, in the look snow. Look at all of these ideas that we're coming yeah. up with. It's it's fun. It's, so we're going to cate- categorize this one as, uh, we're going to file this away for our <laughs> ideas next time, guys. Ideas? This podcast, we just talked about ideas. Uh, recently, also, um, note, I know we had a lot of severe drought across much of the western U.S., but the latest storm systems that have come through, the atmospheric rivers, which have been largely missing this summer. Uh, but this, again, kind of speaks to a La Nina pattern. There, you got a lot of moisture streaming into northwestern U.S. into northern California. Reservoirs that were nearly dry are now nearly full, and the mountains have, are starting to build up a good, healthy snowpack. Hopefully that continues. My uh, buddy who works out in California, he works uh, outside of San Francisco, uh, he walked out the door, took a video, and he sent it to everybody. He's like, look, it's rain. <laughs> Weather is happening here in San Francisco. I love it. Yeah, San Francisco's known for always being kind of foggy and r- kind of rainy, but this year it's... Well, he lives outside of San Francisco, okay. but it's it's funny because he's from the Midwest. He loves storm yep. chasing. He loves storms, and he went to... Uh, his first job out of college, he went out towards uh, 
to uh, State College in Pennsylvania where there are mountains. So kind of hard to storm chase out there, and Pennsylvania's not known for tornadoes. And he goes to California. Even less of a chance of seeing tornadoes. Although they did have a storm, as I think when I was watching the other day on the radar, they had one or two cells that were uh, tornado warned out there, mm-hmm. which was I was thought was fascinating. I was like, oh, you don't see that in California every day. Nope, not every day, but it does happen. Yep. Um, drought conditions expected to. Uh, this is uh, for Illinois. I know the northern part of the state has had a rough year mm-hmm. as far mm-hmm. as drought goes, but they are expected to continue see improve to see an improvement. Um, it's gonna. It's a very slow. <laughs> process to erase drought uh, but we do expect that to at least through the winter to finally go away uh, so that's that's they you know it's kind of the optimistic stuff for illinois even iowa which has been hardly hit by drought uh, kind of a double whammy because a lot of iowa got hurt significantly by the derecho and then they've had the drought this year so it's been kind of a tough go for iowa and northern illinois uh, but those two regions are expected to see some improvement, if not a complete el- elimination of drought conditions uh, over the next couple of months. Northwest also expected to see some significant improvement after being in an exceptional drought. They had a, a pretty warm summer, too. Yeah. They got up to, what, 100 one of these days, uh, one of the days out there, or close yeah, to 100? I mean, it was one, 90s, of the warmest, one of the warmest days on record ever, yeah. out there, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, that, that you know, and they had all those wildfires. And, mm-hmm. of course, there's, you know, with all this rain coming in out there, they, you know, m- you know mudslides and, and stuff like that become a, become an issue. But uh, they need the moisture, and it looks like they are finally starting to get it. But it's going to probably worsen for the south and southwest as huh. far as drought conditions go. Well. So you win some, you lose some. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, we have, uh, I believe Adam has his story on La Nina up on our website, and then I've made some posts about this uh, on my Facebook com. page. Yep. There it is. Got to do the plug. Uh, so, but yeah, so things are trending. Uh, the month of October, or month of November, excuse me, is going to start off cool. We'll see if it if it ends that way. You know, I, the way we've been going, it seems like we're on this two to three weeks on off situation. So you go for two two to three weeks of some sort of cool and rainy or pattern, and then it switches on you to a warmer, drier pattern, and then two to three weeks later, you're back to. And so, if that continues, uh, we're going to have some snowy stretches. Probably by the end of November, um, or at least a very cold, very cold rains by the end of November, and then uh, we'll warm up. December may start off warm, which, if I'm not mistaken, has kind of been the trend for mm-hmm. for a while. December starts off warm, and then it gets we really start to get cold January, February, and we get out of it in the spring. That was something I learned in college was November and December can kind of be a toss up as to when you get your snow and your cold. Yeah. But January and February are always very consistently cold and snowy. Yeah, that's typical Midwest. And then icy, like at the beginning of this year when we have the ice storm on New Year's Day. Yeah, and last year was a bad ice year. That was yeah. also a lot in New Year. Um, we may see similar setups this year. I mean, it all again difficult to predict because it comes down to storm track. A storm shifts 100 miles any direction. You could either be on the rainy side or you can be on the snowy side. Or if you're stuck in the middle of it, you'll get on the icy side. Yeah. And nobody wants to deal with the ice. We're gonna. We're probably going to have to deal with uh, looking a lot more, not at just snow and rain, but we'll have to be peeking into the ice situation yeah. on that and that's, with those storms. There's not a lot of good climatology for ice accretion stats through a you know, over the years. Uh-huh. I know yeah. that the more southern offices have to worry about it more than we do, like uh, NWS Springfield and Missouri. Yeah. They're really big into it, and Kansas City. Um, We're yeah. like... Peoria to Springfield 
for Illinois at least, is a big variable area for yeah. just ice. I believe we get uh, areas just to our, in Illinois, areas just south of us. So it's basically I-72 to I-70 seems mm-hmm. to be the bigger ice corridor in Illinois. We, um, we're, we're like that weird... We're on the... We're, we tend to see more snow than ice here. But. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really mess with ice until I moved out to Joplin. And then I was like, oh, we don't snow here. We just get ice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last year, and last year was a big ice year, and they were predicting that in the National Weather Service's winter outlook. They were thinking, yeah, we're looking at a little bit more ice between 74 and 72 and 70. Yeah. They were including them. All right. Well... Hey, we got um. It's nice to get back together. It is. Adam, welcome back. Hope you had enjoyed your vacation. Can I go back? <laughs> no. No. Me next. My turn. No, wait, no wait, it is my. Yeah, turn. it's my turn next. I'm just excited for the upcoming weekend. All right. Well, hey, I've got a corny weather joke to leave us on. A true dad joke. And since it is um, getting colder, this might be a flaw. I might do a couple of couple of them. Ooh. Oh. Oh. There's one here I'm looking at that uh, I already said earlier in the podcast. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll, I'll do a couple. Okay. What's a tornado's favorite game? I don't know. Twister. He got oh. that one right. Yeah. I've heard that one before. He's heard that one. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Let's do another. This one's easy. It's almost like a game at this point. Yeah. All right. He's already laughing. I like this one. All right. right. What does everyone listen to but no one believes? The the weatherman. The weatherman. The weather weatherman. All right. And the last one. What falls but never hits the ground? The temperature. Oh. 